Yes, going to be awesome stuff today. Really excited about everything that's going on here in this series because people are able to just share about the growth that God's bringing in the midst of real traumatic or difficult situations. I know we've all experienced trauma in one way or another. When we met with the general contractor that we're using for the building for the first time, we, myself, Pastor Bravone, and my wife Kelly and I, we met with him, and we were just talking, getting to know him, seeing if he'd be a good fit, and he was asking us questions, we were asking his, him questions, and eventually we were going to go to Branchinelli's to grab lunch, and so Pastor Bravone went to drive his car, and then the GC jumped in the passenger seat in the front, and Kelly and I sat in the back, I just sitting there with my arm around her, and we're going, and we're just getting to know each other a little bit more, and general contractors asking some questions we're answering and back and forth and every once in a while he would just kind of like turn around and look at us and and he kind of began to have this like inquisitive look on his face and I was like oh, I wonder what that was about but ah, whatever we're just getting to know him and so we continue on and then as we're talking more and more suddenly there's just this incredible moment where he like this relief just came over him and he had this huge revelation and he looked at Kelly and he said oh you're Pastor Ravone's daughter, and Doug, you're married to Kelly, which makes you not Pastor Bravone's daughter, but, or, or son, well, not either, but his son, but his son-in-law, and I was like, yeah, he's like, oh, he's like, I was so confused, I thought you were both Pastor Ravone's kids, and I look back and see you guys with your arms around each other, and he thought, man, these guys get along just fine, <laughs> like, trauma, right there, right, I don't think I've touched Kelly since, but, um, <laughs> Man, we've all been through difficult seasons of traumatic situations, and I really think this last season, these last 16 months, are more traumatic than we realize. You think about it, right? You just, I stop and think sometimes. I'll talk with my kids and be like, wow, like the whole world shut down. Like how crazy was that? Like that's unprecedented. That's never happened before in the way that it happened and, and for the amount of time that it happened and the way we were all separated and the way that, you know, schools were online and colleges were shut and our jobs were shut, and it was just so weird and honestly traumatic people that we loved in the hospitals, we can't get to them, people that we love passing on, like just such a traumatic season. And I know the PTSD is, is the label for it, and, and what its def definition is, is it's a condition that's triggered by a traumatic event, either seeing it or experiencing it. And I've been told I probably have some PTSD kicking around in me from all the stuff that I went through in the hospital. And uh, maybe for you, the last 16 months have felt very traumatic, or maybe it was something that happened before these last 16 months that seemed really intense. But we hear about PTSD a lot. What we don't hear a lot about is PTG, post-traumatic growth. And that's why we're excited about this series. Because we really believe that God wants to bring some growth out of all that we've gone through. Uh, Jay and Catherine Wolf are the ones that introduced me to this idea. And I, I shared their story last week a little bit. But Catherine had a catastrophic stroke, was in the hospital for uh, a long, long time, has had 11 operations, and is still recovering to this day. But their whole mission is to disrupt the myth that joy can only be found in a pain-free life. And I read a bunch of what they said last week. Let's just read just the last sentence that we landed on. It was this, suffering is not the end of your story, it's the beginning of a new one. Now, in psychology, post-traumatic growth has this definition. Positive psychological change experienced as a result of adversity and other challenges in order to rise to a higher level of functioning. Now, if somebody without God in the picture can do that, then as I said last week, how much more can we? How much more can you and I, if we have God in our life, can the pieces be put back together? Can growth come? Can good come even in the midst of severe difficulty and pain. 
The Bible takes this idea of growth a step further than psychology does, right? Because psychology tells us that we can grow after trauma, but the Bible really tells us we can grow even as a result of trauma. Hey, Taylor, I don't know if you're hearing what I'm hearing back there, but something's freaking out. I don't know if we can uh, mute something or unplug something. or I think it, to me, it sounds like it's coming from over here. Just to give you a little clue. By the way, Taylor's a new sound guy, and he's killing it. Can we hear for Taylor? Like, he's, he's been so, so great. So, whatever's happening, not Taylor's fault. I guarantee you that. We all want to grow, and that's the reality. Like, you and I walk through trauma and difficulty, and not one of us is thinking, man, I really hope I just stay stuck here forever, right? Like, I really hope I just continue to never heal from this. I, I hope I will always kind of wrestle with this. And the reality is, no, every one of us is saying, man, I, I want to be whole again. I want to be put back together. I want to be able to walk the way I'm called to walk in the way that God desires me to walk. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to let you know something today. We have this amazing God who loves to put lives back together. We have an amazing God who came to redeem everything that's fallen apart. And he's going to do it sometimes here and sometimes in eternity, right? We're going to talk about that. Well, always in eternity, but we're going to talk about that a little bit here this morning. Uh, we're going to look for a few minutes at some verses because I want you to see what the Bible has to say about this trauma and the things God could do as a result of it. And then I also want you to hear from some, some people here within the church. We heard from Chris and Ange last week. They did a fabulous job talking about the growth that God brought as a result of their difficulty and pain. You're going to hear from another special couple here in just a few minutes. But let's look at a psalm real quickly together. David wrote this psalm. And, you know, David was somebody who went through traumatic things. I, I love that our production team planned all this trauma in the middle of this message. Isn't that awesome? Like, didn't we really think that through well? But David went through traumatic things. Think about it, right? As a kid, he faced a giant. Everybody say giant. Right? Like, here is this kid facing a giant. That's incredible. We don't really put ourselves in David's shoes all that much, but... One day, I was walking through an airport, and I saw a giant. Like, I saw this huge person, and I thought to myself, there's no way that that's just like a normal person. they got to be an athlete or an actor or something. And so I was able to, to Google and figure out that the person I was seeing was the great Kali, the WWE wrestler. Look how much bigger he is than the other professional wrestler in this picture. This was the man walking through the airport. I kind of love this picture because I think it's a little bit of like a David and Goliath thing minus the mask and spandex. But um, isn't it incredible that David, this boy, it goes into this traumatic battle and then wins the battle. And then think about trauma, cuts the giant's head off, like traumatic, right? David then, as he gets a little bit older, the king of Israel tries to kill him several times. Then as David gets a little older, he ends up having the loss of a child. As David gets a little older, his kids begin to do horrible things to each other, some things I can't even say from the stage. And then eventually one of them kills another. Another son, Absalom, rises up against David and tries to turn his whole kingdom upside down and take over, and David flees for his life. And then David's men end up killing Absalom, and David is heartbroken because they told him not to kill Absalom. And so talk about a traumatic life. David can certainly speak to trauma and hardship and feeling like things have gone really wrong in life. And in Psalm 13, 1, he says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? 
Will you forget me forever? David is talking about how he's gone through this broken heart, brokenhearted season. He's hurting. He's gone through so much. And now, though, he says he's feeling abandoned by God. And I think it's interesting that obviously this has been going on for a while. David has been feeling abandoned by God for a while because he's saying, how long is this going to go on? This didn't just pop up this week. This has been a season of his life. And I want to clarify something. Sometimes we feel like God's forgotten us. God has not forgotten you. God has not abandoned you. Sometimes it's just what we feel. And that's where David was. It goes on. How long will you hide your face from me? Have you ever been there? You feel like God has just hidden from you. Angela, who shared last week, used almost that exact language as she talked about walking through her traumatic postpartum depression for four years. She talked about how she felt like she kept trying to reach God, and he, he was like a vapor. She couldn't grab on to him, she felt like, right? And that's what David is expressing here. Verse 2, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Part of trauma is wrestling with our thoughts. I still wrestle through what happened to me in the hospital. I wrestle through uh, different traumatic events of that. I'll lay in bed early in the morning, 5 o'clock this morning actually, was thinking about some stuff, and I didn't even realize I'd be talking about this a few hours later. But here I was just wrestling through my trauma, wrestling through those thoughts, having sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Right? David is looking up at this giant, right? He's looking up at the great collie, <laughs> which, by the way, I have, have a contract with the great collie to be the chaperone on all of Bryn's dates in the future, which I'm very excited about. And so she's 15 yesterday. She can't date until she's 40, but um, when that happens, we'll be good to go. But here's this enemy, right? And David's looking up at this enemy. And, and I imagine that all of us can picture an enemy that we're worried about will one day triumph over us. But isn't it interesting that for some of us today walking through trauma, it doesn't just involve a situation. It involves a person. We might even consider them an enemy. And it's so difficult to heal from that. It's so difficult to grow past that. So that's where some of us get trapped. Verse 3, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. David is like, I am desperate. This thing could kill me. Goes on, and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. And for some of us experiencing trauma at the hands of another person, we look back on that and maybe some of the hardest part of it and the hardest part to let go of or get past of or find healing from is that they rejoice in our pain. David can relate to that. I love that David's been real and raw and honest, but I love now that he also transitions out of the brokenness toward some praise and some hope and some growth. In verse five, he says, but I trust in your unfailing love, right? God, your love isn't gonna leave me in my trauma. I've gone through brokenness, but I'm not gonna remain broken, right? Like that's the beauty of what God offers in all of this. Yes, I'm, I'm broken. Like, there were parts of me that were broken by what I experienced in those months in the hospital, and God is still healing me. But listen, he's healing me, right? He's growing me. And so I'm trusting in his unfailing love because I've been in broken places before, and God's brought me through it. And David's saying the same thing, and God will do the same for you as well. He goes on, my heart rejoices in your salvation at the end of the day. 
I have a God that saves, right? And he's going to save me sometimes here and now. He's going to save me out of sickness. He's going to save me out of brokenness. He's going to save me out of hardship. But at the end of the day, I have to look to heaven, right? And I have to say, he's going to save me eternally. You know, somebody asked me recently about what it was like to almost be dead. Not a question you get every day. What's it like to almost be dead, right? But there it came, and, and I thought to myself, wow, like, isn't that weird? Like, I actually know what it's like to feel like you're almost dead. Like, I think we think about that, don't we? Like, what's it going to be right before I die? What's it going to be like right at that point of, of death? Like, I know what that feels like. And I can tell you this, as a follower of Jesus who knows I have a Savior, I can tell you I felt peace. I felt peace. I mean, I don't want to die. I wanted to be here with my wife and my kids and all of you. I was praying for that, but I can tell you, I don't even remember this, but apparently right before they took me in to put me on the vent, uh, Kelly FaceTimed me, and the doctor picked it up, and she says, I was at peace. I was thanking the doctors for their care for me. I, was, I don't remember this. So I'm not some great person. I, again, I'm just telling you that to tell you that there was a peace right there because we have a great God who saves us sometimes here and now, but but always eternally as our trust is in him. Verse six, I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. David is choosing to praise here. He's choosing to praise. We're gonna jump into this in a series in a few weeks called I Will Yet Praise. But here is David making a choice to praise the Lord, even in the midst of hardship, feeling like God is far. And I think that some of the good that he talks about here is the growth that David had seen in times past when he went through trauma and God brought healing and good out of really hard situations. Today, we're going to hear from a really special couple. Uh, we're going to hear from a couple that are a blessing to our church. They have been for many years. They're going to share some of their story. And one of the things I love about their story, and I, I guess I shouldn't say it that way, one of the things I love about how they'll share, if I can't say that either, how they'll share their story is that they are not going to necessarily wrap everything up with a pretty boat today. And that's because they're still walking through some hardship and difficulty. And I think that's just a lot of us here in the room, right? But this couple's been a blessing in so many ways. They have um, helped in so many ways, been generous in so many ways. Um, the husband here has helped on our parking team since uh, parking teams began. It feels like he's been doing it forever. You guys see him out there waving at you. Uh, his wife has been an incredible part of our church in so many ways and recently has been really helping on like an administrative front and helping a lot in the office and helping a lot with calendars and schedules and property requests and all kinds of different things. And so we so appreciate and love this couple. They're so generous and, and just so faithful. And so you're going to really benefit, I think, today from them sharing. So would you guys help me welcome Michael and Letitia DeCicio on out to the stage. And uh, Letitia is the one, uh, she's been a nurse for 20 years, and she's the one that ended up coming over to my house back on December 12th and listening to my lungs and saying, oh, you are going to the hospital right now, even though I was still saying I'm not going. Uh, but yeah, she, she made me realize I probably should go. So I'm extremely thankful for that. And then she came to the hospital with me and um, she was helping patients. She wasn't even on, but she was helping patients and different people all in the hallway out there. We were kind of just, there were so many people there. We were out in that hallway that first day, right? Like we weren't even in a room. We were waiting for something and somebody to come help and you were just sitting with me and she's just incredible. So Michael's a, an amazing friend and just uh, faithful and an encourager. And these guys are super generous. And so 
We're really thankful for them. So tell me who you are, even though I just told them. Uh, tell me who you are. Uh, tell me how long you guys have been coming. Tell us about the first day you came to church, because I remember the first day you guys walked in at the old building. So as Doug said, I am, uh, my name is Letitia. Um, I have been a nurse for 20 years, um, most recently working at Stony Brook Hospital. Um, we have been coming here to Living Word, uh, it was four years this Easter, that was our first time. And actually, this, the 30th of this month will be our four-year anniversary of being baptized. It's mm, awesome. Love it. Hi, my name's Michael. Um, I am a sales professional. I work remotely from my home uh, for a company that's based in Chicago. Uh, and about that first time that we came to Living Word, we weren't even supposed to be here um, on Long Island. We were actually supposed to be in Delaware celebrating Easter Sunday with my um, brother and sister-in-law. And my brother-in-law um, wound up going into the hospital a few days before. Um, he was 46, he was suffering um, from ALS and dementia. So we were like, okay, what are we gonna do? We're here, uh, Easter Sunday. And leading up to that, we were looking for a church. You know, the time felt right for us to you know, uh, find a home. So we wound up just coming to Living Word on Easter Sunday, giving it a shot. And I never forget, like, being there, just being, feeling overwhelmed, um, just with this amazing feeling and, and just feeling like this is it. Like, we don't have to go anywhere else, look anywhere else, like, this is our church. Yeah. And Letitia had a coworker at the time that, that actually mentioned Living Word to us. Uh, and after service concluded, she immediately ran over, got Doug, introduced us, and Doug, you know, prayed for us and, and, and my brother-in-law, and it was just such a special first, uh, you know, encounter here at Living Word. Awesome, awesome, love it, great, and uh, you're awesome. I forgot to ask you to talk about your awesome kid. Yes. So <laughs> we have a 14, almost 15-year-old uh, daughter who attends Green Room, um, and it has been such a blessing for her. Um, when we decided to come to church, it had to fit for all of us. And I remember that day on Easter, we went out to eat, the three of us, and we kind of just talked about how we felt about the service. And all of us agreed that we didn't need to look any further and that this was home for us. But what was really amazing for me was at the time my daughter was 10. And she was able to tell me exactly what the message was about. Um, and that was really important for me, that she, would, she was able to understand what you were saying. And um, immediately we agreed. And I don't really think we've missed since. Wow, that's no. awesome. That's incredible. And then if I'm not mistaken, she's actually back training on she doing is, the message doing, notes yes. right now. So there she is, like full circle. Full circle. Can't say that either. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right, so the series post-traumatic growth. So if you guys could talk about what traumatic situation you guys have gone through and are kind of still walking through. So Michael and I discussed on the way here that our hope was uh, in this message that even if we've touched one person, uh, that would be enough. Um, I, I don't expect that everybody would be able to identify with my exact you know, pain and illness that I was going uh, through, but um, anyone who's experiencing chronic pain or an illness. So I hope that, that we can really touch somebody today. But um, <clears throat> in April of 2020, it was the end of April of 2020, I ended up with uh, a shingles flare. Now, the shingles virus for me always lays dormant in the left side of my face in the trigeminal nerve. 
I ended up getting the flare. Usually I would just take Valtrex, I always had that at home, uh, get some rest. Um, usually I ended up with sores on my mouth or my nose. And um, in a week or so I'd be better, but this time it was different. I ended up waking up uh, in the middle of the night with an excruciating headache, um, one that I had never felt before. Um, and one to this day, although much less intense, still hasn't gone away. I had um, seen a few doctors, well, actually, I went to a couple of doctors that week. Finally, my primary doctor sent me to a neurologist, and then I was diagnosed with trigeminal neuralgia. Shortly after that, I was diagnosed with cervicogenic headaches, um, and those were a result of the uh, shingles. Trigeminal neuralgia is actually... Um, they often define it as the most excruciating pain known to humanity. I can't even explain the type of pain that I was in. Um, because the nerve was affected, uh, it was so aggravated and inflamed that it would cause these intense, um, sharp, jabbing, um, electrical-type pain all throughout my face and my head. Mm -hmm. Aside from the pain, um, I was out of work, yeah. and that was kind of a big deal for me dealing with that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm glad Michael can share too, because as we've said, um, you may be able to relate to some of Letitia's physical pain or not, but I also love you'll be able to relate to Michael walking through with somebody that loves that's going through a hard and difficult time. So initially, I thought Letitia getting her shingles outbreak um, was God's way of sidelining her, right? Putting her on the sidelines because COVID's starting to ramp up. And being the type of not only person, but the nurse that she is, she's always the one that's like, I'm going to take the extra, extra shift, you know, give me that extra COVID patient. So she was always on the, on the front lines going above and beyond. I'd be sitting home every morning as she goes off to work thinking like, is this the day that now she's going to, you know, contract the virus herself and mm -hmm. then, you know, be in the hospital. Uh, so when it happened, we had no idea that it was going to morph into this debilitating condition yeah. uh, and we were you know going to have this journey that we're still going through that's right yeah Leticia how long has it been since you were at the hospital working so the last time I was at the hospital was when the first time that this happened was April 20 of 20 um, I ended up having a couple of procedures and I was able to go back to work for mm -hmm. two months mm -hmm. Um, and then was out again. And the last time I was at the hospital was with you wow. that day. Crazy. So that's back in December. Then. December. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Okay. So, but it's been pretty, pretty much for almost a year, better part of a year that I've been out of work. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, talk about the difficulty and, and just sort of the, the worst of it, if you could. So in the very beginning, um, I, it was very debilitating. So I wasn't able to get out of bed at all. Um, the pain was just so bad. I remember just begging God, please take this pain away. Um, but there was nothing that I could do or take um, to make that go away. The medication also that they put me on um, had some pretty terrible side effects. Mm. So I felt really sick from that as well. Um, I remember in the beginning, uh, Allie wouldn't wouldn't leave me. She'd stay in the bed all day. She'd be my nurse. Um, and she'd do that until Michael was done with his shift. No, well, well, he's done with work and then his shift 
began. <laughs> I had the night shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, not only the physical pain, but being out of work was so hard for me. Um, I always, you said I was, I was a nurse for 20 years, so um, no matter what area I have worked in, I've always loved taking care of people. I took pride in the way that I did my job and the way that I took care of people, but since becoming a Christian, I felt my job was that much more important because they weren't just patients to me. I knew that they were God's children that I was taking care of. So to have that taken away from me um, has been quite devastating. Um, I initially felt that I had lost my purpose. So, yeah, that was, I think, just as tough as the the pain. And I know all throughout this, any time that I've asked God, you know, please help me, you know, take this away, I I want to do that so that I can be there to help others. That's right, yeah. Wow, thank you. All right, Michael? So I would say emotions all over the map, right? So when we started down this journey, at the time, that's when COVID is really ramping up. So you're already feeling bad about just the world around you and, and what everybody's going through, you know, collectively. So we had, we came from that kind of starting point, um, you know, then to the unknown of what we were going to experience. Um, and, you know, then you've got isolation, right? So, you know, uh, we're not able to see friends and family. And I don't think our friends and family really could grasp the magnitude of the pain that Letitia was experiencing um, due to the condition. So, so we had that. But then at the same time, then there's also hope because she would have these procedures and she may have a good run of, you know, anywhere from a couple days to a few weeks. And you're like, oh, now we're, we're making progress. Now maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. And then she's back in bed, you know, for, again, like weeks at a time or days. So, again, all over the map in terms of um, <clears throat> the emotions. Uh, and, you know, with that, too, you have the frustration of, like, you know, when is this going to end? You know, yeah. what? Are we going to get relief here? And then you have that on top of, like, my own personal stress that I normally carry from my job being in sales. So, Sure, absolutely. Wow. Well, thank you guys for sharing that. Um, how about God in the picture here? How did you sense that God was making a difference in the day-to-day? I think God is showing me that I can trust him, um, and he's also helping me to be patient. And... Patient isn't really, yeah. No, 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 that's not me It's at not all. really your thing either. It's not my thing. Um, for me, I've always been the type of person to plan. I'm a big planner. I love itineraries. I love making them. I love everything about it. I love knowing what I'm doing. And for me, this was really tough because I didn't know how or what I was going to be doing with the rest of my life. So I kind of had it all figured out, and then this happened. So I think God has really showed me. He's given me little things throughout the way to say, okay, this is, this is what we're, we're working towards. Mm-hmm. So definitely trusting him and, and being patient. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mike? For me, I would say hope and strength. You know, hope, you know, in the fact that, you know, we, we know that God has a plan, right? We know that there's a purpose for this pain. 
we don't, we don't know what it is today, yeah. and we don't know how long this is going to continue to to go on. Um, but we do know that eventually, you know, we're going to be able to look back and ah, that's why. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, and then, you know, God is also sovereign, right? So He always has our our best interests. That's right. And then strength. Just you know, there's those days that you don't know how you're going to get through. Um, you know, with the day to day feeling overwhelmed and seeing your, your, your spouse um, suffering and knowing and feeling helpless, right? That I can't, you know, it's not like a condition that I could give her an extra pillow or make her some chicken soup and it's going to, you know, make her feel better. Um, so the only way I got through that was the strength that, that came from God, mm. without a doubt. That's right. Wow. No, that's awesome. Yep. So the series post-traumatic growth. So what growth has God brought um, through and as a result of what you guys have walked through? Since I, well, since I've become a Christian, since I've been here the last four years, um, I have just wanted to get to know Jesus. I didn't grow up with uh, a religious background, so this, this, what I'm putting my trust in, um, I just wanted to get to know him, and that desire only grew uh, during my sickness. Um, I guess because I was relying on him so much just to even just get through the day. Um, So as of this March, as I started feeling a little bit better, this March I enrolled in taking some courses with Christian Leaders Institute, um, and they offer free online college-level courses uh, that help Christians walk deeper, walk into deeper into their faith, but also serve in ministry. So, um, I started with an Old Testament course, and now I'm doing a New Testament course, and it's really giving me the ability to learn um, with also having that accountability. Mm. Right. which is probably the only way I would be successfully be able to do that because for me, I find um, opening up the Bible very intimidating. So, so I think that God is actually given, giving me this time um, to grow spiritually and really get to know him and walk a little bit deeper in my faith. Mm, that's awesome. And one of the things I love about that is that when we walk through trauma or pain or hardship, we always make a choice, right? It's either to run to the Lord or away. And I love that they're running toward Jesus, that this has only intensified their passion, their hunger, their desire to get closer to him. And I also want to say, too, like sometimes the Bible is intimidating, and we always want to be a resource to you guys. And in the fall, we're going to have community groups, Bible studies, discipleship, all different ways that can help you grow in your understanding of the Scripture and getting closer to the Lord as well. So... You know, we're excited about that. So, Mike, how about your... For me, um, definitely uh, trust um, and being more open in my relationship with God. So what do I mean by that? Um, being able to give this situation to God, you know, fully put my trust that, that he's got this, right? That at the end of the day, you know, he has our best interests, right? Um, and then from being more open, I've always had a hard time with no matter what I've, you know, gone through any difficult times is, you know, being able to come to God with that. And especially in my prayer life, right? Like I always felt like I would put myself at the bottom of, of, of the list, you know, I'm going through this, but look at everybody else, what they're going through. Right. So that was something big for me to, to feel okay and comfortable going to God and, and saying like, I really need you now. You know, this is what we're going through. Um, 
and you know, also too, I guess, feeling more, um, taking like more ownership uh, or doing my part in the relationship with God, right? Because sure. even though God knows what we're going through and he knows what's in our hearts, he still needs to hear from us, right? So for me, you know, that, that was huge to kind of cross that bridge and, and just crying out to him more and, you know, having that dialogue. It's mm, awesome. What are you guys thankful for? Wow. I'm thankful for this guy. Mm. He is, he's amazing. He has literally taken care of me in every way. And he never complains. I'm thankful for my daughter. Both of them picked up the pieces where I left them without, without a thought. I'm thankful for my relationship with Kelly. She has supported me. She has walked me through every step. of what I'm going through. And she never lets me get lost. I'm thankful for you. Even from the hospital, when you could physically use your hands, you were texting me, how can I pray for you? I'm thankful for Pastor and Kathy and the example that they have shown. I have saw firsthand what Kathy went through and how God was so faithful to heal her. And that gives me comfort in knowing that there is no way that God's not going to heal me as well. I'm thankful for my church community they, between the cards, the text, the food, the donuts, so many donuts. <laughs> Always a good thing. <laughs> yes. Um, and in the very beginning, I remember the, you had texted Michael that you were organizing a prayer parade to go in front of my house. And I remember Michael getting me out of bed, sat me on the couch as you guys lined my street and prayed for me. And I remember Michael and I just holding each other and crying because I never felt so loved. So, and I'm also thankful to the amazing doctor that I have. He is definitely a godsend. Um, and I know I just have faith that I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Wow, thank you, Michael. So I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know how I could top those. <laughs> um, I'm thankful for Letitia and 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 the relationship that we have. Like you know, we've always been <clears throat> close, and um, I've been, <clears throat> have been able to overcome any challenges or get through anything. You know, any obstacles. 
Um, and this has just brought us even closer. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for the person that she is and her character. You know, she's shown such courage throughout all this. And, um, you know, amidst all this pain, you know, she's, she's not sitting around complaining and, you know, she's just being like such a trooper and, and such a great example. Um, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, for Doug, not, you know, not only prior, like Leticia said to, you know, you going into the hospital, organizing like, you know, the, the, the prayer uh, caravan. I mean, I was completely blown away by that. You know, like that outpouring of love uh, shown by our church community. I, I, at the time, like we couldn't even put words, you know, into what, like what we felt. It was just amazing. And then, like Leticia said, when you're in the hospital, like here, this guy is, you know, in the hospital with COVID, right? Compared to like what we're going through, like, yeah. And he's like, "How could I pray for you today?" And like, we would la we were laughing, like, and we write back, like, uh, "Yeah, you could pray for my pastor." Like, yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. Like, you guys going to a new church? Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and and you know, everybody dropping off food, like, and that was amazing. But more importantly, was knowing that people were praying for us to me like that was like the most special thing and the thing that uh, you know from that aspect definitely the most most thankful for there's just something you know when you know you have an army that's praying for you yeah. it's yeah. It, it's just amazing and then of course Allie you know um teenager working remotely for school you know dealing with those challenges and being a complete trooper and just stepping up, like never had to, you know, ask her, you know, hey, is your homework done and any of that stuff and taking care of Letitia the way she did. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, although that, you know, this has been so tough and it's still at, day, at times very tough, like mm -hmm. we just still have so much to be, you know, thankful for. Absolutely. Amazing, thank you guys, wow. All right, well, let's close with this question. Um, as people are walking through hardship and going through difficulty, are there any things that you feel like you learned along the way or any, like, just advice you could give to people as they're facing their own giants? For me, it was definitely um, getting in, into the Word. So I say definitely read, read your Bible. Um, as I said before, you know, the, the Bible was very intimidating to me to just open up. So Kelly had suggested starting with Psalms, which I thought was great. Um, once you get familiar with the book of Psalms, you will realize that the author is going through and has the same feelings that we are, whether right. it's sadness, fear, hope. Um, and I, you'll always find a, a Psalm that will encourage you during whatever time, whatever, whatever you're going through, whatever season you're going through. Um, Trusting God. So I told you that one didn't really come easy for me, and I still struggle with that yeah. sometimes. Um, but as we go through our lives and we see God's faithfulness, or as we read his word and we hear of God's faithfulness, we, we need to put our hope in him yeah. and know that everything is going to be okay. One psalm that, for me... Uh, was very important was Psalm 9, verse 10. So, <laughs> Those who know your name 
trust you because you have not abandoned any who seek you, Lord. Um, so that for me, when I meditate on that, that for me comforts me to let me know that even though I'm going through this, like God has not forgotten me. And another one for me is, is worship music. I love worshiping and, and praising God. And throughout this, I would, you know, be in my bed and I'd be playing worship music or, you know, I'm constantly filling my house with worship music. And I just feel like when we do that, we are, we have a connection. We're making a connection with God and we're inviting him in. That's right. Yeah. Love it. Michael? Uh... Establish a, da- a daily prayer routine, right? So for me, uh, I, would, I work from home. So the first thing I do when I go up to my office before I turn on the computer and start dealing with all the emails is I'll pray. Um, I'll actually, I'll start with a, a, a Bible plan because like Letitia, um, I, you know, I, I find it hard to just open up the Bible and dive in. So Bible plans are kind of the way that I trick myself into actually getting into the Word. Um, so then from that's kind of like my warm-up. And then, I'm, then, I, then I start praying. And it just like puts me, it sets you know, the mind frame you know, for the day and just helps me keep connected with God. And it just becomes part of your, your daily routine. You know, of course, you know, there's times that you pray throughout the day, right? If somebody sends you a text that they, you know, they're going through a hard time or, or whatever. But just, I guess, establishing like a baseline. This is when I'm this is my time that I'm yeah. going to devote to being connected with God. Um, fellowship with um, like-minded Christians, right? So during COVID, we weren't able to get to me- together with community group, but we were still able to do Zoom calls. And that was huge for us, not only from you know, a spiritual aspect, but also from a mental aspect, right? So we were able to connect with others, share what we were going through, um, hear what they were going through, their struggles, laugh a little, you know, cry a little, but more importantly, also pray together and, and pray for, you know, our, our situations and, and what we were all walking through. Um, another one would be um, give thanks and praise, right? So a lot of times when they're, we're in the midst of a struggle, we're totally consumed by that or, and, and we're focused on, like, the negative and how are we going to get out of this, but we need to take time to be thankful and praise God for what he's provided to us right? Because there's, there's got to still be some good, right, in our lives, even though we may be going through something terrible. Um, so that, I would say that's something very, very important. And then um, also serve, you know, find a way that you can serve, you know, your, your, your neighbor, right? Um, because, you know, even though you may be going through something very difficult, your neighbor, you know, your friend is going through something as well. Everybody's walking through something. Everybody has their own struggle. Uh, and to me, that's like almost like the foundation, you know, of our faith and, and, and what we believe, right? So if we're committed to helping each other out and, and, and being there for one another, like we're then reaffirming our commitment in Christ and to what, you know, we believe and what it's all based on, like, you know, loving our, loving our neighbor. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Thank you guys so, so much. I know everybody's been blessed today. And I know that you guys have been encouraged and challenged by what you've heard. And I just want to encourage you guys, you know, um, 
Tisha was able to really lean on Michael during this time. And I just want to let you know whether you are single or maybe you're in a relationship where you just feel like, I don't know if I can lean on you know, the person in this way at this time or whatever. Like, we always want to make sure that we can connect you with somebody that can be that for you. So if you don't have that naturally in life, then please allow us to you know, set you up with somebody that can love you well and encourage you and strengthen you during a difficult time. Can we pray for Letitia? We believe in a God that heals, that does mighty and powerful things. Um, we walk through hardship and difficulty. God uses it, but we also have a God that heals. So I'd love for you to pray with me now for Letitia, and, uh, and then we'll get our band back out here and close. God, we thank you so much for Letitia and Michael. Thank you for giving them the boldness and the courage to share what they've been going through and the wisdom to give us some advice and tips. And thank you for how they're living this. But God, we just now ask, Lord, for an amazing healing over Letitia's life, Jesus, that you touch her, that you would remove every sickness and disease that's causing these issues, Lord God. Let every root cause and symptom disappear by your power because we know you are a healing God. And so we place this in your hands, but we thank you like they both said. God, we know you, you're going to use all this. Lord, you have your glory and our good in mind in all that you do, and you are a sovereign, powerful God. And so we thank you, Lord, in your name. Can we hear it for these guys? Thank you guys so, so much. We love you a ton. We're so grateful for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want to just give you a chance now to do what we did last week. I want us to just keep laying down those traumatic situations that we've walked through at the feet of Jesus. Just keep on bringing them back to him. Maybe you can relate to uh, losing your job and kind of feeling like you lost your purpose like Letitia shared with today uh, or shared with you today. Or maybe you can relate to her physical pain or maybe you can relate to Michael being there for somebody that you love. Or maybe it's totally different, but it's Jesus is the answer to all of it. And so I'd love for you to just lay those things at his feet. And then if you're not a follower of Jesus, you heard about a God who rescues, who saves, who died for us, who loves us, and who wants to redeem all that we go through both now and in eternity. And so if you'd like to put your trust in him, I'm gonna give you a chance to do that. So let's pray together. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you, would you just bring your prayer of surrender to God right now? Would you say, God, here's the trauma in my life, and here I'm laying it at your feet. I'm asking you to help, help me to begin to walk through a path of healing, God. Begin to touch me and bring healing and growth with all that I've been through. And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, I'd love for you to pray with me. You can say this, Jesus, I'm looking to you today to rescue me from my sin. I'm looking to you today to be the one that restores, saves, and heals. Would you help me to grow? Lord, I've been through difficulty. Would you use it for my good? And would you help others see all the difference that you'll make in my life? Thank you for this gift of salvation. In your name.